took the draft order. So, this is how we're gonna do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go, one, two, three. Oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. But that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Dynasty, Debbie, Redraft, DFS, and Betty. Gridiron Fantasy Show has got you covered. Featuring my guys, Paul Edgington and... Derek Cook. Take it away, boys. This week's episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host as always, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing this evening? Doing absolutely wonderful. Um, had a cold day out in the rain, doing that car work we couldn't get done last week. Uh, had a bad experience on DoorDash. Kind of pissed. But other than that, good day. Having some fun uh, doing this auction draft, but... How about yourself? Oh, it's a wonderful day. I got to stay inside, do my usual work, take care of the kids while you hoofed it out in the rain, trying to get the car back together. Unfortunately, due to my uh, ignorance, you got to come back again next week to finish the job when I get the other parts in. That's all right. It'll well, be easier with not being in the rain, I hope. Yeah, that's, that would be optimal. But I'm... They're with you on the DoorDash. Really pissed me off. I was in the mood for the hot chicken we ordered and just didn't fucking get it because shit just has to go wrong. The hibachi was still excellent. Can't, can't complain with hibachi as a backup the, player. The hot chicken sandwich. <laughs> I look forward to it. Well, we'll definitely have to get that next time and hopefully not order so late. Absolutely. We'll order at like 6 o'clock this time instead of 8.15. Yeah, that would probably be better. But you mentioned we are doing an auction startup draft currently. We're, what, about three, four days in, something like that, five maybe? I think we started like Tuesday. Yeah, we're we're a couple days in. Yeah. Got a significant amount of assets off the board so far. So how do you feel about that so far? I know it's your first auction for Dynasty as well as a slow proxy auction. I, I like the process. Like, it's really cool nominating guys and... Uh, you know, every new high bidder, you get the 12 hours. The, the whole, the process and everything is great. But um, I'm sitting here looking at everybody's roster, and I'm like, you know, we got 10 total players, 15, 14, 17, 18, you know, every, little old me, I've got eight. Um, but I'm going win now. And what took me by surprise was the, I feel like the, like the elite, elite quarterbacks, the elite of the elite, were their going prices were more than I was anticipating. So for me, for instance, I've only got one quarterback right now. I'm currently high bidder for two that I think will win sometime overnight, assuming I don't get outbid. 
but we have a thousand dollar budget. I spent three seventy on Josh Allen alone. Him and Patrick Mahomes were both three seventy, and I'm pretty sure they're the highest. They, the they were, yeah. So, you know, Josh Allen is currently, I think, my QB two, right behind Patrick Mahomes. But with the way this league plays, I, I favor Josh Allen because of the points per carry and uh, points for rushing first downs and all that stuff. So, I like Josh Allen a little better, but. I mean, I'm, I am, I do like my team, but I'm at the point now where it's all depth and filling out the, the rest and not overspending on stuff. Like, for instance, I uh, bid Aaron Jones up to 17 because it was a dude that's in the league that was bidding everybody else up early in the draft. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna bid him up this time because you know I had had a little bit of money left over and bid him up. I bid up one dollar above what his winning bid was and stuck with him. So you live and you learn. I won't be mad with Aaron Jones. I mean, I've got ETN and uh, Cam Akers, so I'm, I'm still a pretty strong believer in Cam Akers myself. But if I throw Aaron Jones in there, I think I'll be pretty competitive this year. You know, we start we start two running backs, so yeah. uh, in what three flexes? So yeah, we start eleven total, so depth's a little more important than you know start nine, start ten. You don't necessarily. Right. So I mean. It, Aaron Jones at 17, it's it's more than I'd probably, I shouldn't say more, I shouldn't say probably, it is more than what I would have spent on him, I would have liked to stay closer to 10, but, you know, win now piece, I won't be mad, I'd start him every week if I win him, um, but I'm happy with my team, I've got a, a top two quarterback, uh, Travis Etienne, I think I've got as like RB6, I've got AJ Brown, who's a top three wide receiver, and I've got our tight end one, Travis Kelsey, so... Extremely win now, but definitely kind of handcuffed if I fuck up the rest of my draft. Yeah, you're in a little bit of a pickle right now with your budget. You still got, what, the good four or five starters left to fill out? Well, I'm, I'm currently winning bids on uh, five guys that are currently up. So I've got Jimmy G, Jarrett Stidham, uh, Romeo Dobbs. Aaron Jones, like I said, and then there's Rondo Moore. Rondo Moore. Um, still good depth pieces, and the prices on them aren't terrible. But after that, I'm really gonna have to be doing like one and two dollar bids to fill up the rest of my, the rest of my players. But that'll get me, you know, to a starting lineup, and the rest will just be filler, basically. Could I did better for sure? I probably should have did. I was wanting to do more or less what you did, but Josh Allen was just too appeasing and. I don't know, elite of the elite. I probably could have. I really wanted Joe Burrow, but I, due to my ignorance, I didn't know how the whole. Again, my ignorance. I didn't read the bylaws. Didn't read. Didn't read it into the bylaws enough. I every league we've done hasn't been auction, obviously, and there's always been a timer overnight that stopped. I guess I kind of assumed that it would be the same thing, but it makes sense that it's not because if you go to bed and you're a high bidder on somebody and somebody outbids you the, the timer starts over at 12 hours so you have time to to rebid assuming you don't sleep for 15 hours but um i would have much rather had joe burrow he went for like 330 i'd probably rather had him to have a little bit more money now to get better death pieces but i don't think there's any question that josh allen scores joe burrow this year oh yeah the, especially this particular format like you mentioned earlier it'll easily be josh allen right it's just the, the money, the auction dollars. I probably would have, you know, because now I'm looking at, again, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jarrett Stidham, 
that's going to be my QB2 in a Superflex League, whereas if I had, you know, Joe Burrow, I could have done something a little differently. But you live and you learn. This is the first one that we've done like this. I'm, I'm not upset. I'm just kind of just rolling with what I can for now. Yeah. And unfortunately, I, the players I listed, you know, they're all like top three, top four at their position. And they're going to win me games, so it's not like I can tank. Or productive struggle, sorry. We, we don't allow tanking. Oh, that's a bad word. Yeah. Your team's in a pretty good spot. At least compared to my team, I have one less player than you. Well, technically two for the time being. I have a rookie pick. I won. But I, my strategy here was just to go in and get two elite quarterbacks, get two studs. I was willing to spend, you know, 50, 60, 65% of my budget to do so. I was in on Patrick Mahomes till this one guy, he's new to the format. Twice he got me. It seems like he's still stuck in the, well, if I wait till there's not much time left, that'll be better. Like an actual auction, like eBay. Yeah, so he, Mahomes was like 20 minutes or 10 minutes or something like that from being behind, and then he bid me up. Twice. And I just couldn't reach his proxy. I was like, I'm, I'm done. I still had Jalen Hurts at the time. That's who I was always on, but had to pivot away from Mahomes. Luckily, you took Josh Allen off my hands, or I would have spent what? 369. Yeah, 369 plus Hurts went for 340. Right. There's so, 74% of your budget. Yep. Luckily. Or 70% of your budget. Luckily, I got a little bit cheaper stud, Lamar Jackson, for 286. But my team's not looking too pretty so far. At least I'm not very comfortable with them right now. I got Lamar, Hurts, Antonio Gibson, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, and Kyle Pitts. Uh, like Derek said, this is a uh, points per carry. You get .2 per carry. And then also rushing first downs or half a point. So, rushing quarterbacks are a premium position in this league. It is a tiered PPR. We do half for running back, full point for wide receivers, and then 1.75 for tight ends. So, I was in on Kelsey in the beginning, and then I was like, eh, do I really want him this early? I backed off, and you scooped him up, you dirty bastard. And I saw, for me, naturally, my next target's Kyle Pitts. Right. I, I liked, I, I wish Kelsey wouldn't have gone so early because I do feel like I overspent a little. You went for 100 bucks. That was my top bid, or that was my proxy bid. And obviously, somebody just kept going, kept, and their cutoff was 100 too. So I, I felt like he went for more than what he should have, but I'm, I'm happy with it. Kyle Pitts, I think, for what, 114? Yeah, 114, 117. Yeah, so I take that for what it's worth. And Kyle Pitts has still got two, three years of. Overall, tight end one number is probably left in him. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take a core of Hurts, Lamar, and Pitts right now. No, I, I really like your team. I mean, you're, like you said, you're locked in with two young rushing quarterbacks, which are going to thrive in this scoring, or the scoring in this league. And then Pitts, a great, you know, what he'll be a third-year player, but he's still 22, you know. I, I really like your team, and then your wide receivers, two young guys that are going to be two young second-year players that really can only go up. 
this guy more. I think his opportunity is going to be here because they're not bringing back Nicole or Juju. So I, I really like your team. The only team, the only person I like on your team is Gibson. Right? I mean, that's he was cheap. That's the thing, though. He was cheap. You know, it's they spent nineteen on him. I mean, obviously yeah. more than Aaron Jones, but I am the. But he's also a lot younger than Jones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and of course, I am the leader of the Antonio Gibson fan club. Right. Proudly, still to this day, and with Eric being to be coming in, just can't let go of him. I think there might be a little something there. Being we might be able to figure something out with him, okay. and I believe um, I don't believe McKissick's coming back. I think he's talking about retiring, so it'll just be B. Rob and Gibson. You said McKissick, and you threw me off loop. I was like McKinnon. Was, well, that's what comes to mind, too, is maybe Gibson will get that McKinnon role. Right. Who right. was really good for fantasy the second half of the season. Oh, yeah. So, never know. Figured that was my plan was get my stud quarterback, hopefully my stud tight end, a couple young young wide receivers, and then fill in with whatever warm bodies I can find at running back, and hopefully they give me some points week in, week out. We're basically in the exact same boat. It's just you have... A second really good quarterback where I'm going to be left with basically a warm body, hopefully. Uh, you also have the 104, which I don't know if we'll, if I should say who I think it's going to be, but if you pay attention to this podcast, it should be pretty obvious. Um, I, I like the position your team is in. I, I, I do. We're both, we're in the same boat at this point. Like our budgets, I think I've, like I said, I'm winning five players now, so if I get all five of them at 13 and we would. 28, then I'll have have $32 left. What's crazy, like when we talked earlier today, uh, we had like the third and fourth highest budgets remaining. And it's like, how when I have seven fucking assets out of 28? That's because a lot of these guys did what you and I should have done and they went for values. Like if you think about it. But the ones that went for value don't have the quarterbacks. Correct. Correct. Like, this guy's got 10. His starting quarterback is Kenny Pickett. Granted, he's got the 101 and the 103, which I'm assuming the 101 he'll take. I don't even take Bajan because he's got JT and Kenneth Walker. But yeah, he's got a, he's got a unique he's, build. Yeah, his, 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 I, I like it, though. And he's got CD, Drake London, Chris Olave, and Debo. But he's got no tight end. This is a tight end premium league. Yeah, but all the relevant tight ends are gone right. for win now purposes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, exactly though. And then you got guy here that went <clears throat> outside of Justin Fields. He entirely went uh, value quarterbacks. You got Ryan Tannehill, Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins. Uh, probably spent sixty bucks altogether on all those guys. So no, Kirk Cousins Kirk. went for like eighty nine or something like yeah. that. Yeah, went for a little more. But between Tannehill and Brock Purdy, it's thirty four bucks I think, if memory serves. So can't beat that. No, and then. Did anybody take Tom Brady? No, not yet, but I'm sure somebody will spend a couple bucks on him just to find out. I wish I would have been a little more conservative, but then you look at the guy who's got 19 total players, and granted, he's got a you know a full team, and he's got Trevor Lawrence, who I really wanted. But outside of that, like, okay, he's got Pacheco, who I liked, DeAndre Swift, who I liked. But other than that, I mean... The dude special. Right. He's got the 201, but he's got five picks, but really, to me, only one's worth a fuck. 
again, take that for what it's worth. But yeah, yeah, the, the guys who went value, I think some of them that went value went too much value, like they went just cheap as possible. Well, I know people were discussing that they felt the quarterback prices were outrageous and way too high. So it seems like that's where majority of the league feels by the roster construction so far. I, I think they are a little bit, they're definitely a little high, but we've done faster or fast auctions before where, you know, those elite of the elite quarterbacks, I mean, I the top two went for 370. That was probably 30 or 40 more than what I was anticipating. So maybe a little bit, but when you're talking about 300 plus startup bucks, it's not, you're talking an extra 10%. Really not all that crazy. Yeah, the auctions I've done last year, that's about right on par with most of our quarterback, 330 and up. What, what's more insane to me is what J.J. went for. He, yeah, went, he, went, he for went for 215. And Jamar went for 190. Right. And then, the, in my opinion, the third wide receiver in Dynasty went for 150. I got him, A, B, B. So. Yeah, and C.D. Lamb went for like, what, 130? Right. That's the top two severe drop off. I'd have a hard time doing that. that. To me, that's just crazy. Yeah. That that was another Jamar Chase was another one of them guys that I was bidding on, and that was the same thing with the Joe Burrow. I went to sleep, woke up, and poof. Because yeah. he, to me, him and JJ should be about equal. I think I've got JJ ranked just above him in Dynasty, but. It shouldn't be a 15, or what was it, 25 point different? 25. 25. Probably five. So. Which was ridiculous. And then Burrow, the guy now is Burrow Chase Stack. Right. And he spent a whopping, what, five? He spent about 52% of his budget yeah, on him. 190 and 330, so 520. Yeah. So it's really some interesting builds so far. It seems like most of the league quarterback prices are too high, and they completely faded all the top ones, top 10, top 12. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this shakes out. I know I got a handful of guys in my queue. I'm just waiting to unleash that I really want for my team, and hopefully you guys all spend all your money, and I'll be able to you know, bully my way around and get the guys that I actually want and not wow. settle for when that time comes where everyone's got a couple bucks, we all just... Put in $1 bids and wait for them to come off the board. Right. That time's surely coming soon. I mean, I don't think anybody's got more than like 50 bucks left. So, Which just feels like this has gone by so fast, but it hasn't even been a week. Right. Let's see. Yeah, back to what you were saying about 104. I got a couple different strategies rattling around with a good old noggin. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I know who the two is between because you and I talked, obviously, off of this. But um, we'll leave it at that. I don't think you can go wrong either way, considering your position groups for both. Yeah, this one's a little bit more... Enticing. Enticing, which also comes with a little bit more complications to get where I want to be if I go that route. The other one's clean cut. I need him at this position, and... Be good to go. The I don't want to give away too much, just in case by some weird chance somebody listens. But 
the one that's clean cut should be pretty fucking obvious with the team construction. That'd be the easy choice. The other one, it would put you in a better position if it panned out correctly. Because yeah. you could sell somebody else off and make a pretty penny. But uh, we'll see when we get there. You can't go wrong either way, I don't think, personally. It's just... No, no, both. It's just one's more risky than the other. Yeah, one's an immediate impact. I can probably throw my line on day one. The other one's wait and see a little bit and then make some moves after that. Exactly. So we'll see how that shakes out. Our rookie draft will be the, well, I think the weekend of the NFL draft. So not too far away. Yeah, you were talking, was it, because day one's on Friday? Is that Thursday? Thursday? Yeah. So you were talking about starting after day one, right? Well... Beginning of day three, so oh, Saturday, okay. like noonish. Gotcha. Anyway, drafted early. The drafts already come off the board. Right, so and that's the point. Anything. That's the point. Well, we do that rookie draft will just be held on sleeper, right? Yep. Yeah. Get off this ugly ass MFL. As much as I love their auction pro- proxy features and everything that goes with it, I can't fucking stay on the website. So back to sleeper we go with our rosters. Oh, I just noticed I was looking at your roster and it says invalid roster. At least two RBs are required and at least three wide receivers are required. Yep. So, I wonder if... Ah, mine's not. I just got to fill the lineup. There you go. But it's been a rather interesting auction. Probably one of the more interesting ones I've been a part of just with all the different strategies and Opinions on price points. Now this was cool because I feel like in obviously most um, most startups, everybody's got a very similar idea of how they're going to construct their team, and they go after very similar players. Obviously, we there are guys that you want to go after and miss too, but there's you know every guy's got a different strategy. It seems like in this league, I think yours and mine's pretty similar, but I didn't go for the two QB route off the bat. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems like all the elite guys were thrown out there right away. There was no wasting time on that. So we had to make that decision very early on if we're going for the elite guys or just going to stick to the budget-friendly, middle-of-the-road, mediocre guys. But I'm, I'm enjoying it. I love auction. It's probably my preferred way to start up a league nowadays. Especially with it being on MFL and the proxy settings, and just makes it nice and easy to get through. Absolutely. So we'll I'm sure we'll be doing a couple more later this year. But I wouldn't mind doing more. I mean, MFL's got a good thing. Like, like you said, it seems like it's from the '90s. It's it's not very user friendly, and it's hard to navigate, especially on mobile. But um, once, yeah. you, once you figure it out and get to where you need to be, I like it. It's, it's it's not as bad as uh, oh, who was the other one that started mimicking Sleeper? Flea Flicker? No. What did we do with the C2C League on? Oh, Fantrax? Fantrax. Yeah. Fantrax has gotten a lot better, but what it used to be before it updated was disgusting. Yep, still can't do it. I, I want to get back in the C2C, but I just can't do it on Fantrax. Yeah, I'm good. If, if Sleeper ever brings it back, I will jump in the C2C space immediately. But until then, I'll stick with Debbie. Exactly. But 
I don't believe we have any trades this week. At least I know I don't. Did you have any kind of trade negotiations going on? No, I mean, no, no. As much as I'd like to say I do, I feel like it's kind of a dead period in most of the leagues right now. The chats are fairly inactive. Yeah. Um, I'm sure leading up to the, the NFL draft and the rookie drafts for us, it'll start picking up a bit again, but I think that most leagues are just, I guess, stale in a way. You know, like people were super excited to pay the, uh, you know, next year's buy-ins to make a couple trades. It was like after the first two weeks after that, and everybody made their trades. It's just kind of calmed back down again. People just want, to me, it seemed like people just wanted to make moves to make moves, and now that they have, they're, they're just sitting. Yeah, it's not an unfortunate time between the excitement of rolling over the league and the excitement of the NFL draft. Just a lot of people don't want to trade during this window. Afraid of burnt, make a bad deal, whatever. You got to think about it, though. Like, when you're, if you're trying to make a trade at this time of the year, um, the rookie draft picks are only going to go up because the draft's getting closer. Your older veterans that you should have traded before the trade deadline last year are only going to go down because they're not putting up points. So, if you're not moving studs, and not everybody wants to move studs. Nope. You know, it's there's not a whole hell of a lot to do. No, it doesn't help when people are hesitant about making a deal in the first place. Right. So, that does not help matters at all when you go into negotiations or sending an offer. They're really not open to it. And I, I don't want to, I, I want people to misconstrue this, but like, if you make a trade, not everybody's going to agree that you got the better end of the trade. What a lot of people fail to realize is what both need, need, what both teams need and want and are willing to give to each other. So on the outside, looking in, you may think that, you know, Team A got a hell of a lot better deal than Team B. It's, it's not black and white. It's not in a vacuum. Value to value, to me, doesn't necessarily matter. Um, you know, so just, in my opinion, just keep that in mind if you're willing to do a deal. You don't have to win every single deal. Sometimes it's worth breaking the ice and getting, you know, a future trade just partner with. Done. You know, I'm not saying, like, I mean, obviously everybody's going to look at it as winning and losing a trade, but if you lose a little bit on the first one, you know, just, you know, Tell that guy, hey, man, you know, I'm willing to do this trade with you because I, you know, would like a future trade partner. I'm going to take a little bit of hit on this one. Just remember me next time you want to make another trade. You know, that way maybe next time you'd be like, yo, I gave you a little bit. But most of these guys are pretty cool. I mean, you have your mm-hmm. assholes out there too, but, you know, just making a trade to break the ice to be able to have a future trade partner to me is worth it too. If that means me losing a tiny bit in value, I'll do it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm... Not enough managers want to communicate outside of sitting back and forth trades, it seems like, a lot of times. Right. But I'm with you. I'd rather hop on there and discuss it. This is what I'm offering. What don't you like about it? Get it done. But unfortunately, this is not the time of the year for that. No. Well, that was a big reason why we left our home league was because, oh, for one, one particular manager in that league was, uh, he just loved sending out ridiculously bad code offers. I'm personally not a fan of cold offers at all, but if you're sending me, you know, everybody in your team that's basically worthless for every single stud I have, don't expect me to respond kindly. And then, you know, and then on 
the flip side of other guys that were actually willing to trade talk and all that. They just every player they had was worth gold, and you were bringing bronze to try and trade with them. You know, they just. I get it. It's diversity. There's a lot of people out there have different values of everything, but for the most part, I feel like everybody should be fucking close to something. If you don't use any type of resource and you're just trying to trade rate, basically, I don't. I believe you're doing yourself and your league mates a disservice. Yeah, you know, one bad trade can just kick up a lot of dust. There was a few in that league. I'm glad we left. It sucks Me too. because looking back at the seasons some of my players had, my team probably did pretty good. Yeah, but good riddance to that one. Yeah, IDP kind of was weird for that one. Yeah, I plan on jumping back in IDP. Told you about a little bit earlier, gonna jump into best ball as well and go throw IDP on there. And speaking of best ball, I need to get on underdog and check. I didn't even, I didn't even check what my team did. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I wouldn't mind doing another IDP league. It adds a different wrinkle and shit you have to pay attention to, which is which is fun. But that league, it was just. It was me, you, and then like another one or two guys, maybe three guys that were like super into the dynasty football. And, and the, I mean, most of them were first time dynasty players, anyways, but the rest of them, they just had no clue. Values, nothing. Russia construction. I'll say it like I told you, they all had dynasty values, or uh, redraft values, and it just made absolutely no sense. It was always about. What what have you done for me lately, and not what is your future outlook? Yeah. What's he there? Uh, last thing I kind of want to mention about the auction, I thought it was uh, a little overpriced, was the 101 rookie pick went for 140. Um, I would assume that would be Bijan Robinson, but looking at the guy's team, like I said, he's only got Kenny Pickett. I don't know, because he's got the 101 and the 103. He might go two QBs there. If that's the case, I don't go. I don't get why you'd go one hundred and one for one hundred and forty. Yeah, he could have got many other middle of the road quarterbacks that would have been great as your QB two for that price. But I'm not sure what this, what he's doing. He's got a pretty good core of uh, skill players, so I assume the first pick will be Bijan by default. Third pick, I'm sure to be a quarterback, but I don't think. Really helps his team much this no, season, at least. I don't think so either. I mean, because you and I were kind of talking about it uh, a little bit ago, but like you're in a super flex league, you need to lock down. In my opinion, you need to lock down two quarterbacks. If not two, you need to lock down a stud. He's only got Kenny Pickett. The studs are gone. He, he's got, you, to me, kind of handcuffed yourself because your quarterbacks score the most points. He's got JT, KW3, and, and a plethora of good young receivers, but no quarterbacks. So, to me, it makes no sense what he's doing here in, in, in that sense. Unless he goes quarterback at 101-103. But I don't think you get 101 if you're not taking Bajan. Yeah, because 101 was one of his first assets off the board. Yeah. So, it's not like this came about after he had a few players. It was his first or second one asset. Oh, and then, again, on you know my opinion about that, you know, if you're going 101, you get Bajan, assuming for 140. Then why go after JT or, or KW3? I, I would think you wouldn't get one of them guys, and that frees up a little bit of budget. And then maybe you can, instead of Kenny Pickett, take all that budget and go after a maybe not a Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow type of guy, but 
Yeah. Somebody, somebody better. Yeah, I think Dak went for around 150, 160. Yeah, he went bad. Uh, you know, and if you're not playing for this year, Kyler Murray went for like 180, I think. 190. Yeah, so. yeah, he was under 200. But lots of good values out there. One thing that was not a good value, the 102 went for more than the 101. Yeah, I... Which I'm, was the doing of the guy that has 101... He nominated 102 and set his proxy for what he put for 101. So if anybody wanted it, you had to pay more. Right. So it was a smart move on his part. I mean, personally, I probably would have just bid it up to... I, having the hindsight, it's easy to say, but I probably would have bid it up to his proxy that I, he won the last one for and then stuck him with it. Yeah. Just the ways of auction sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you get stuck, sometimes you stick someone with it. Yeah, looks like me, I'm going to get stuck with Aaron Jones. But it is what it is. At least you can use him. Right. It's not like he's going on a young team that's not going to compete this year. Right. But that'll wrap up enough of the startup auction talk. And then just some NFL rumors, news, things we've been hearing the past week. Some Evan Ingram. We'll be in Jacksonville, whether that's franchise tag or long term, long term, whatever. So that's good for Jacksonville, especially for T Law, that offense as a whole. I did see that Calvin Ridley uh, applied for reinstatement, but there's been no decision made as of yet. So just holding our breath on that. Hopefully, Calvin can get back on the field. I mean, bringing back Evan Ingram, I think, is great for Trevor Lawrence and his development and just having more weapons to feed. Christian Kirk had a huge year. Evan Ingram finished, I think, tight end like five or six last year, depending on scoring. Um, really kicked it up, I feel like, second half of the year. So if they can get Calvin Ridley back as well, and I mean, he only has to be 80% of what he was before suspension and leaving the NFL. And, I mean, you've got a, a pretty solid fucking team down there. Travis Etienne in the slouch. T. Laws finally seems like he's getting up to the level of what we all anticipated him to be when he was coming out. So Jacksonville will be cooking with hot water. I think I think I would like to see them not franchise tagging, but I get it. I get it. Yeah, sometimes even the number one of our picks takes a year or two to get going. Right. Just goes to show you not everybody's a surefire stud right off the bat, no matter what position they play. Joe Burrows don't come along very often. You're not wrong. But that'll bring us to our next piece of news. Speaking of the Bengals. No, no, no. Uh, it looks like Mixon is a very, very real cut candidate if he's not willing to restructure his contract. You and I both love Joe Mixon. We've loved him, yeah, for, we've loved yeah. him for years. But seeing what P. Ryan did last year behind that O-line, you don't need a guy like Mixon anymore. You know, that offense runs through Joe Burrow and that passing off, that, that, those pass catchers, if you can just have a, a decent running back who can keep the defense, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, defense honest. honest, thank you. You don't, well, need, you don't need Mixon. I'd like to see him restructure, but... But I should think about this. It's purely about the money. Right. We need money to sign Burrow and T. Then we need more money to sign uh, Jamar. Right. 
So strictly business money move. If he does get cut, which I, the Bengals aren't an organization that really does this kind of thing, but I think they will this year. Because like I said, they have to make room for three massive contracts, Absolutely. at least three. Right. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens. And then, per ESPN's Matt Miller, the Panthers look to be all in on Anthony Richardson. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yep, so that'll be something to keep an eye on. I mean, Anthony Richardson's kind of been our guy for at least the better part of the year. Um, I think this is a this would be a great get Oops. for the Panthers. Um, I'm sure you'll buy a Averish jersey. I might be in the same boat as you. Um, we could see Cam Newton-esque 2.0 maybe. I like it. I like it a lot. DJ Moore needs a quarterback. Yeah, they're what? Pick 7th or 8th, I think? Yeah. So they shouldn't have to move up for him. I wouldn't think so. It depends on if anybody else is all in on him before that. But I'd be surprised. Yeah. So we'll see how that shakes out. It was very promising news to see that from... Someone within the draft, draft community, not necessarily the fantasy community. Right. That what we're seeing is something on par with what the NFL is looking at and keeps tuning in to see. So we'll, we'll, we'll know more after the combine and after he does some drills about which teams are, you know, more in on him and how impressive he looks. So, but if the Panthers can get him, I think that's a, I think that's a great pick. Yep, good for them to. Trying to run back, pretty much. Panthers getting him, I could see A-Rich being a top three or four rookie pick. Dynasty-wise. If he goes to the Panthers in top ten, he is my number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Obviously, rookie. Yeah. But he would be ahead of Bijan for me. Unless, of course, I'm well off a quarterback, a contender, and I'm missing a running back. Then, obviously. Right. But... If just in a vacuum, favorite goes top ten, he's one on one. And hard to disagree with you. Yeah, it is right now with all the hype, yeah. but need to temper expectations because you never know what's going to happen. Well, I think the expectations definitely need to be tempered because we we've seen what Anthony Richardson did last year, and he's made some crazy plays that seems like he's the only guy in the country that can make them plays, but he's also made some pretty boneheaded, boneheaded mistakes. So yeah, he's got a, a lot of maturing and growing up to do to possibly have an NFL or a great NFL career. But the like we like to say, he's got a lot of tools in that damn toolbox. Yes, he does. So. But oh, really about all the rumors that I saw swirling that were I guess playoff relevant, or sorry, fantasy relevant to us. Then, playoff Lenny. He got cut. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a surprise. I think he had a pretty lackluster year last year, didn't he? Yeah, but I know he was banged up. But he's getting old. Right. This is just crazy. 27, 28, I think. Yeah, 28. Which is crazy because the day before or earlier, the uh, GM said that he can still be a three-down workhorse back. Well, that's what we like to call coach speak. Yep, got to decipher it. 
So one minute, he's good to go. Three down back for another couple of years to Bye-bye. see you again. Strictly a buddy move for the free up some quote unquote cap space. Well, he probably, I mean, obviously Tom Brady announced his retirement a few weeks ago, but it's, it's definitely that freeing up cap space because I don't, I don't know if they rock with Kyle Trask. Excuse me. I don't think they do. I like Kyle Trask. I like him at Florida, but I, I think they do something else. I don't know who, but I don't think it's Trask. No, I think Blake Gabbard might be the other QB on the roster. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they they neither of them would be bad uh, like gap filler guys, one season guys, but. Neither of them are the answer, and they're, to me, a win-now team. So, Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens, especially with that backfield. Is it going to be all Rashad, Rashad White, White, or is it going to be another split? What goes on there? Who's the, who's the quarterback? Right. I saw they're going to release a Cameron Wright. So, tight end position will theoretically be all Kate on. That could be good. So, we will see what happens and what other rumors come out in the meantime. But I hope I'll wrap it up for the Dynasty side of things. We'll go ahead and move on to Debbie. This week, we're just going to do, keep it simple, we are going to do our top 12 wide receivers. Consensus wide receivers. You're not just going to mine and just look at what I got. We're going to throw our rankings together. So we got consensus, and we're pretty different on a handful of guys, actually. Surprisingly, are we going? So we're just going by average overall for both of us. Yep. Gotcha. You want to start at one, or you want to start at twelve? All right. So we'll go ahead and get down to it. At number 12, we have Bo Collins. Looks like consensus. We both picked him 12th in our rankings. Really another big Clemson wide receiver coming out here in the next year or two. So, yes, we got a couple Clemson guys on this list. So. Yeah, I'm sure they won't make it through Clemson. But they are pretty loaded a wide receiver, it seems like, for the next couple of years. Love to be a quarterback down there. Yeah, you actually might be able to hit the broad side of the bar down there. That's right. But we'll move on to 11. That would be Evan Stewart. Same thing. Both of us, well, yeah, both of us have been 11. So, it's about where we're at with him, obviously. Not much more to say. We've talked, to him about, talked about him a handful of times. It'll be nice to see him come into a sophomore season, get some more playing time. So we'll move on to Jimbo can get him going. Yeah, Jimbo's got to figure out something down there before. I know Ray said it, and I've seen it in the DD Heisman House quite a few times that he is Jimbo is the the guy that does the least with the most. And ain't that the damn truth? Yeah, that is. So then we'll move on to. What's that, number nine? A guy we both love, Barry and Brown, out of Kentucky. Yes, sir. I love me some Barry and Brown. 
I've got him a little higher than you do in my overall rankings, but I love this kid. Yeah, short, not the tallest, not the smartest. Fast, twitchy. Can give you a little something in the open field. He's proven time and time again. It just seems like these speedster guys are, are just making their, carving their name out down there in Kentucky, so I think he's just the next in line to, to do it. Yeah, very well could be. But then that'll move us to another clips of wide receiver, like you said. Adam Randall. So, what are your thoughts on Adam Randall? He's personally my favorite clips of receiver on the roster today. I think he's the most talented. I mean, who would be the only other one? I mean, who, who would well, you know what I mean? Be besides Bo Collins? Yes. Off the top of my head, I don't remember. I know one. One player did transfer from Clemson to NC State that was reportedly due to playing time. I gotcha. So, uh, Adam Randall, I, where do I have him? I have him as 11, so he's a little lower for me than you. Um, but he's that, that big body wide receiver that's you know a pretty fucking athletic deep ball guy that we both love. So Yeah. Go up and get it. 6'3", 6'4", um, 215, 220 pounds maybe. Yeah. So Pretty damn good size. Right. And then we'll go ahead and move on to the next player. I guess I'll uh, tear down a position for this one to make it easier for you. Let's see the... That'll bring us to our number eight overall. Wide receiver for Debbie between the consensus with two of us, Ja'Cory Brooks. Dude's a beast still, but I also feel like there's been a lot of prospect fatigue with him. Absolutely. He's uh, obviously slid down both of our our boards considerably in the last six, seven, eight months. Um, but that whole wide receiver room for Bama, you know, has been uninspiring or was uninspiring last year with Bryce Young, so maybe doesn't help now that Bryce Young's gone. We don't know who's throwing the ball quite yet to these guys, but uh, still liked Corey Brooks. Plenty talented, but definitely prospect fatigue. Yeah, it's unfortunate we get prospect fatigue with players like him, Travion. But it happens to hear their name so much. You see them in college so damn much. Just want to see them in the NFL already. Yeah, had B. John stayed one more year, I would have had super crazy prospect fatigue. Yeah. I'm sure come, you know, after next season, Nick Singleton will be prospect fatigue. You know, it, it, it just happens. Yeah, unfortunately. That brings us to number seven on our list. Mario Williams out of SC. What are your thoughts on Mario Williams? I think you're probably a little bit higher on him than I am. Uh, I really like what I saw. To me, what was um, interesting was that he was Caleb Williams' favorite target. Although at Jordan Addison was there, and you know Blitnikoff winner, blah blah blah. Um, don't get me wrong; like I love Jordan Addison, what he does. He's a completely different playmaker and all that. But uh, Mario Williams, to me, seems to be the type of wide receivers and body type that I like to go for. Mario Williams fits that to a T. And um, I think there's a little bit of read between the lines with Caleb Williams. Be that being him being Caleb Williams' wide receiver one last year, even though Jordan Addison was on the roster. Yeah, I mean, 
There's not much you can do when you're behind Addison. I know he didn't perform too well, but there's also other players out there. Uh, Brendan Rice played extremely well this past season. Uh, mm-hmm. Taj Washington, I believe his last name, yeah, transferred from Memphis, played well. Yeah, the the star freshman C.J. Williams is gone. He transferred to Wisconsin, so. Mario will pretty much be the unquestioned number one in that offense. Right. So we'll see how that goes for him, if he can handle that. I think he can. I don't think he's a, I guess just comparison for the jersey. don't think he's a juju. Come in and play good when you're here and play like shit when you're not. Right. So that'll take us to our next player. One of our favorites on the show, Troy Franklin out of Oregon. I was glad to see him finally getting... Last year, before the season started up, when we you know first started, this was one of the first couple episodes. Um, I can't remember exactly who said it, but it was somebody in the Oregon camp said that they expect him to be the, uh, for lack of a better word, like a Jamison Williams type last year. Yeah. And it didn't really start off that way, but again, like seven, eight games of the season, we started to see that more. And I think with Bo Nix coming back, we should only expect to see it even more. Yeah. Him and Bo Nix, they have something cooking up there. They got good chemistry, that's for sure. And Bonex coming back, I think, helps Troy Franklin's stock a lot. Yeah, although, they're going to help each other. Although, I think if Bonex left Dante Moore, I think he would. Uh, yeah, he would have gone there. Step in and fill in pretty good, but you know, I think Bonex with Troy Franklin's a pretty good shout. Yeah, can't really beat that. And then that'll bring us to another guy we really like. Our fifth player on our wide receiver Debbie Big Board. Reversed. What is that? Five. Oh, sorry. Yeah, five. Malik Neighbors, LSU. I saw he was arrested for carrying a gun. Unlawfully, I believe, is what they're looking at charging him with. So, unfortunately, he's going to have some legal issues to deal with. Not sure how that's going to tie into him playing this summer, this fall. Or if he'll miss time or what. Um, so that's it, unfortunate. It sucks because, I mean, Butte talent-wise is better, but Malik Neighbors actually looked like he gave a fuck last year and actually put up numbers and was productive for more than two games out of the season. Um, I feel like his talent doesn't produce the numbers you would expect, but I feel like that's mostly on Jaden Daniels. So maybe he'll have a little better season this year. I don't know, but I think... At five, his talent is plenty high enough for him to be here. Yeah, just on the edge of that, more so getting into the elite players. I was going to say, I feel like this is the tier break here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's right around where he belongs, in my opinion, as well. Right. Could be higher. Most would think lower because of the unknown, I guess. To me, Malik Neighbors is like tier three. I'll... And then the next tier is those three guys, and then the number one guy to me is in a tier by himself. So. Yep, I can get down with that. I'll take us to number four. Luther Burden. We'll be a sophomore in Mizzou. We didn't see too much of him his uh, freshman year, but he is back in Missouri. Hopefully, the offense will use him a little bit more. Uh, although he was, didn't seem like he was a huge focal point. Um, he did kick returns and punt returns too. The, with the ball, 
he's one of them guys like you just love seeing with the ball in his hands. So yeah, I'd like to see him be a bigger point, of, bigger focal point of the offense next season. Uh, hard to complain that because he, he was a true, he was a freshman this last year. So I'm sure it's coming. We'll see it, and you guys will finally see why we're so high on him. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. He'll be a very fun, exciting player to watch as well. That just Does he give you like uh, Debo Samuel vibes? A little bit. He's very electric. He's won nothing in his career so far. Yeah. So I mean, maybe not quite like as wrecking ball as Debo Samuels, but just the guy you want to get in the open field with the ball. Yeah, he's more slender than Debo, yeah. but he's a what yak, like he's, what you're getting? He's a exactly he's a yak guy. He can yeah. make plays with the ball in his hands. Not necessarily needing it to be a straight handoff like Debo gets a lot. But you want the ball in his hands, period. Whether it's screenplay, handoff, slant, slant whatever. Drag. Anything. He can do something with it. If he, he can make anybody miss, and once he makes that first guy miss, it's off the races. Yep. So, hopefully we will see a lot more of him. I'm sure we will. I'm not sure if injuries or what played into him not playing too much down the stretch last year. But I would imagine that's resolved because he was, he was either in the portal or seriously considering entering the portal. I think it was the latter. I think he was seriously considered going in the portal and, you know, uh, the portal closed and he never submitted. So if he wanted to leave, he would have. And he's plenty talented enough to about go anywhere and start and run. Yeah, so. with you. That brings us to number three. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. I'm kind of surprised at both of us putting him at number three. Thought he'd be number two for sure on yours at least. I love me some of Emeka Duka, man. I, I really do. Um, but you, you turned me on to Xavier Worthy, and I feel like Xavier Worthy this year just finally breaks out of that shell and is more than just that 40-yard go-route guy. He's going to have to be because they don't have Bijan. I mean, I know they got Adonis Mitchell, Mitchell, who I'm also very high on, but the offense is going to look a lot, a lot different this year to me. Quinn Ewers is a year older. He's going to have to justify being the QB one with Arch Manning coming in. There's just, I feel like there's a lot going on here, and so I, Xavier Worthy is either going to prove he's worth being this high, or he's, or he's not going to get taken over by Ibuka, and it's going to be for both of us. So, sorry, I know we're talking about Ibuka, but flip flop that. So, but. Um, Anybody, it's between Tom Accord and Devin Brown, obviously, I would say, for the OSU starting job. I would love to be any of them guys. Any QB would love to have this wide receiver room. So, Ibuka, I mean, he filled in for Jason last year, and I thought it was going to be a huge uh, tear down, drop down, and uh, we didn't miss a beat. I would love to see Jason play, but Mick Ibuka does everything Jason did, but better. I mean, it took me a while to finally admit that, but I feel like he's he's definitely built better, more stout, faster. He's like to me, JSN is a, a not necessarily a route running savant, but he creates great separation on those on his routes, short routes. He's not a burner or nothing. Mekibuka literally can do it all. Yeah, he's fast as fuck, boy. Yeah, I've been down. Twice today to try to get us some Xavier Worthy on the snack machine. Nothing. Not as popular right now. I know the Debbie community 
lot of people are down on him. Really? Like, not even top five wide receiver right now. That last season's really got a stench on him. I, I also think it's part of when yours plays into it. Right. Because he didn't play very well. So I think a lot of people are taking that out on Worthy. But I see a lot of people say he's not even top five with wide receivers. I mean, I guess I can get where they're coming from, but I feel like Xavier Worthy was extremely handcuffed last year because they they didn't let him use his route tree. I think Xavier Worthy can literally run every route in the, in the route tree. And it seemed like 80, 85% of his routes were just post, go routes, you know, deep shots. Yeah. Let the guy create some separation outside of just using his speed. Let him put on display everything he can do, not just be a one-trick pony. Because he's yeah. not a one-trick pony. No, he's not. He's, he can run many, many routes. He just has to be given the opportunity to do so. Oh, and he's, you know, small, slight build and, and fast as fuck. I'd like to see him do what, like, uh, we, I expect Luke, or what Luther Burton did a little bit last year. So, just get the ball in his hands let him run. Yep, see how far he makes it. But, of course, no big reveal needed for number one. Probably the best wide receiver prospect we've seen in, I can't remember to be honest, quite some time. CJ? Yeah. Probably Clary Fitz, something like that. Yeah, probably Calvin, I'd say. So, Marvin Harrison Jr., on question number one, can do it all. He's going to set the league on fire, I think, when he comes in. Yeah, he's he's going to be he's going to be a day one top six wide receiver, I feel like. that That's my expectations anyway. Um, he's already extremely fucking polished. He, or in my opinion, is on the route to being far and superior better than what his dad was. Yeah, and he's yeah. three, four inches taller. Yeah, way more physical. Mm-hmm. Faster, bigger, stronger, I mean, all at, that good stuff. If you look at any close, tough game last year, Marvin Harrison was getting the ball, and there was not a damn thing the opposing team could do about it besides the Georgia game. Yeah, even Michigan, they played the right coverage right there in his pocket and his ass, and he just, just, he just caught it. Some of the shit he does and the catches he makes are just... You have to see it to believe it. Yeah. I... He's the best wide receiver prospect I've seen ever. I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention way back then, you know, outside of, you know, watching games, just doing it. I didn't break it, didn't break it down analytically or shit like that, but he's he's a unicorn in my opinion. I know that, uh, you know, the LSU guys, they've been great. You know, Odell, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, JJ and Jamar now, but... I just feel like Marvin Harrison, no offense to those guys, but Marvin Harrison literally can do it all. There's nothing he can't do. There's nothing that you ask of him he won't be able to do. So he's locked and loaded right now as the 102 for 24. Right, behind Caleb Williams. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. So that's that's our top 12. Not too many surprises, maybe some unknown names to some people. As of right now, the receiving class we have so far seems very shallow. 
24, 24. 24, and overall, as well. Oh, just Debbie in general? Just Debbie in general. Yeah. Well, you got to look at a lot of the guys that have come out, or went out last year, and they're coming out this year. I mean, those are a lot of big-name guys. I was pretty excited when Butte originally said that he was coming back for one more year, and then Jaden Daniels came back and then again, ended up leaving again. But that, you know, Keyshawn Booty, Butte, came back. Um, I think that would be a completely different story. But I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. My opinion, I mean, I, I like all these guys, but like outside of like the top five or six, I'm not super excited. Eh, six or seven, I guess. Yeah. Then I don't feel like, but three of these guys are like sure, not even not so sure things, but like go go get guys in my opinion. Yeah, like I said, the class overall is just looking very weak. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Especially when Worthy's at number two, there's so many questions around him. I just, I mean, I I want to put Ibuka above him, but I just. I feel bad having the top two Debbie wide receivers being both being from the same school. You know, I, I feel like throwing in, not saying that Worthy's not good or that Abuka's better, none of that, but I, I feel like Worthy's justifiable at two in my eyes still. So, and if we're wrong, we're wrong. We'll adjust. Abuka will slide up, and there there's tons of young guys, you know, <clears throat> on the Debbie side that we haven't seen yet who could quickly rise up this list, like. Brandon Ennis, I think that's going to be a big name too. I think he's going to be a uh, an absolute stud coming up in the next year or so. So, but. I've been hearing things like that from other sources as well, other people in the Debbie community that Brandon is is the next big thing in OSU, the next JSN type of guy. But they're loaded at fucking receiver. The recruiting class coming in is absolutely loaded at receiver. You think Ennis is going to be the best one to come out over Tate, Rogers, all the guys so far on the roster? I mean, it's it's hard to tell. He overall was like, what, prospect 16 or something? Nationally 35 according to 24-7 sports. He was a five-star. Top, top of the class, I mean... It's hard not to, not to bet for him. I mean, but the the wide receiver room is extremely loaded. I love Miller Rogers, love Carnell Tate. Uh, who's the other one that I'm thinking of? I can't remember. Um, Bryson Rogers. Yeah. And then even twenty two. Uh, what was that? Oh, came in in twenty two. I know I'm speaking differently. <laughs> Same class as Evan Brown. You got Caleb Brown, uh, Keon Graves. I mean, there's. Caleb Burton. That's who, yep, Caleb Burton. Kojo Antwi. I mean, there's, as long as, there's so many as long them. as Brian Hartline's there, that wide receiver is going to be fucking stocked and ready to rock with their cocks out. So, um, I would put my money on Brandon Ennis today, but really, I don't think you can go wrong with any of those guys that we just talked about. No. I, I don't see any of them being like a Julian Fleming kind of, like, to me, coming in, I knew Julian Fleming was super raw. Like, super fucking talented, super athletic. But he came from a, I think his high school team ran a triple option. Yeah. And so he just wasn't polished, you know what I mean? 
and I feel like his recruiting was solely based off of just his athleticism and raw talent. But he really didn't do anything collegiate-wise until this last year. So. Yeah, just too little, too late for him, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I still like him, but it, his stock has fallen significantly because he was the number one wide receiver out of his class, I believe. Yeah. And then that was the same class as JSN? Yes, I believe so. And JSN was wide receiver two, I think, or three. I can't remember, but you can't win them all. But JSN, Marvin Harris Jr. is only four-star coming out, too. So Yeah, you don't need to be a five-star anymore. Look at with who he is and who his dad is. Most people thought he would be very good, but he progressed so much from the time he stepped on campus to right now. His progression from that Utah game... Was it Utah? I think he had like two or three touchdowns. The Rose Bowl, yeah, yeah, it was Utah. I mean, I know that like JSN put up 300-plus yards and three touchdowns too, but like Marvin Harrison had a quiet, good game behind him. It, yeah. Easy to get overlooked when your teammate has 300 receiving yards. So, But I feel like from that game to the start of last season, Marvin Harrison, MHJ's um, when was what, projection. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Progression. It was like leaps and bounds. Yeah, I didn't expect it. I was like this last year. I was like, sweet, gonna be JSN time, and come out. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is a fucking. I mean, I figured he'd be a stud, but it, he showed up a little earlier than I was expecting. Yeah, he came in, worked his ass off, and number one wide receiver in college football. To me, that should be a testament to work ethic. The kid's a dog. I'm excited. Yeah, I believe he's gonna continue to be that way into the NFL. Yeah, I do too. As long as he doesn't sit out next year. I'm glad he didn't transfer to USC. Yeah, that would have been good for the college football world. Not good at all. No. But I think that'll about wrap us up for this week. I don't have anything else that comes to mind. I can't think of any other news that we have seen that was interesting enough to go over. No, I can't. Uh, I can't think so. Do you think um, that Joe Milton? Do you think Joe Milton starts this year for Bama? Jalen Milrow? That's it. Joe Milton's Tennessee. Jalen Milrow. Yes. I'm pulling for him. I think so. Because it's between him and Ty? Yeah, Simpson. Yeah. And then, of course, they would do a seat with Tommy Reese coming uh, over from old, Notre old Dame. Notre Dame quarterback. Yep, so it'll be interesting to see who pulls out of that one. I'm just curious because I feel like that. That's a big question. Obviously, you lose Bryce Young, but the wide receivers didn't help them all last year. They've got tons of talent, but nobody showed up. So, I'm just, just curious. Yeah, we'll see. Under a new regime, slightly different offense. We'll see what happens. I personally like uh, Jalen Milrow better myself as well. But, yeah. It's a, it's a QB competition. Nick Sam's going to get in their ass, and they'll figure it out. But, I think that's that about it for... That's it, my man. I can't think. I'm looking. I don't see anything on the dicey side of, side of things that's going on out there that's really newsworthy, worth talking about right now. Obviously, yeah. the combine's going on. Everyone knows that. Yeah, the combine. I can't believe they put that shit on TV with some of them guys. Oh, it's swinging dicks. Terrible. What we watched earlier when they were doing a forty, and it was like, I get like you want the the cameras pointed right at the guys he's running for form and stuff. 
Fuck. And I, the softcore porn. Funny stinks in all night. What is this? Like I said, why is this on TV? Why are you zoomed in on that region? I, I just, I just see everything just flapping in the I mean, wind. I'm not trying to look at it, but right in the middle of the TV. What are you doing? And luckily for us, we the good guys, quarterback, wide receiver, all that stuff doesn't go till this weekend. Right. So we'll get to see them without hey, having a DBs. That we watched earlier. Yep, DBs. Yeah. So we've still got all the skill positions to go. I'm excited about the skill positions. I am too. I'm sure I'll watch some of it. Definitely going to watch the QBs throw, for sure. That's probably the only thing that I'll actually watch live is the QBs throw. Um, everybody's going to have their Twitter breakdowns and blah, 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 of all the times everybody post running back wide receiver wise and all that but yeah. I'm not going to watch it live to me it's kind of a waste of time you know because you watch it live the times aren't official anyways you got to wait till the official time comes out and that can take several minutes if not longer so yep. I'll just be on the good old Twitter machine checking that out yep no sense to sit there and wait for every little number to come out it'll come out when it's ready right but do you think there's going to be any big, like, stock risers or fallers? From the combine? I don't think so. I don't think so either. The guys that are, to me, already pretty high. Like, I'm excited to see QJ and what he does. Like, I'm feeling DK vibes, but I feel like his stock is higher than what DK was coming out anyways. So. Probably. I feel like DK has a lot more questions about him. Right. Coming out to QJ. I, I absolutely, and that's why I think QJ is hyped up a little t- higher than DK was. But I feel like we're going to see a very similar performance, measurable, whatever you want to call it, out of QJ to what we saw with DK. Yeah, he's going to test like a freak. That'll be fun to watch. Yeah. But yeah, that's about it. Hopefully, you guys enjoy the combine, the Underwear Olympics. I know we will when the time's right. So. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. You can find us all on social media. My Twitter is at Gump7285. Derek's is D underscore Cook93. And that is K-O-C-H. And you can find the podcast on all social media platforms at Gridiron underscore FS. So again, hopefully you enjoy the combine and whatever else is going on. Get some new rumors, news going after the combine. That'll always be fun. We'll see you guys again next week. Don't forget to leave a review. See ya. Ah, there you go. Way to, way to help me out there. Rating, review, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate any kind of feedback, any kind of review you guys have to give. You know, if you leave us a five-star review with a written, re- a written review along with it, we'll read it on the air. So if you want to give us some kudos, roast us, have a question, whatever it is, Put it with a five-star review. We'll go ahead and read it on air for you. I'll read anything. Let us know. Have a good rest of your week. See ya.